wind. Amen? <laughs> Some of you learned that the hard way. You know that the prices are going up and the economy's going down. You know that stores do, in fact, mark it up just to mark it down so they can call it a sale. You know these kind of things, right? You know that Baptists can't get along. Hello? You know that boats float and iron don't, right? Iron doesn't float. But yet in the Bible, it's recorded that iron floated. And as we think about that, think about of all the metals, Iron is one of the heaviest metals, and yet it is recorded in Scripture, in God's Word, that iron floated. This is impossible, but again, it all goes back to with God, all things are possible. God is the God of the impossible, so open up those Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. This is when iron floated. Unbelievable. Some would say not, it defies every law of physics. Heavy metal rising to the top of the water. No, it doesn't work that way. Well, it does in God's kingdom. Amen. So once you have your place there in 2 Kings chapter 6, go ahead and stand for the reading to show reverence for God's word. 2 Kings chapter 6. This is what it says. The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, please notice that the place where we live under your supervision is just too small for us. We've outgrown it. Please let us go to the Jordan where we can each get a log and can build ourselves a place to live there. Go, Elisha said. Then one said, please come with your servants. I'll come, he answered. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, Oh, master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God asked, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the man of God cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Then he said, pick it up. So he reached out and took it. Let us pray. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today, God, that you'd remove any distractions or anything that could get in the way from us hearing from you, from our obedience to your word, anything that stands in the way, anything that is blocking or hindering, even this prayer, that you would remove it, oh God. I pray that these here today would not look and see me, but they would hear from you. It's much more important that they hear from you. Open their eyes, open their hearts, open their ears. If there's a if there's a callus there, or if there's something, God, that they need to deal with, today you want to speak to them, and that callus would have to get out of the way. That callus would have to be bound. And so we do that right here, right now. God, we thank you that you are the God of miracles, that you are the God of the impossible. And when we see this story, and we see something about an iron axe head floating, that initial common sense says, no, that can't happen. But it's a beautiful, beautiful reminder of how with God, all things are possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The day that iron floated... 
place that the prophets had gathered and had lived for some time, they had outgrown their living space. Ever been there, done that? Our first little starter home wasn't even a thousand square feet when we first bought it. I think it was just shy. And, uh, and you know, when we had Hayden come along, it was okay. I mean, we had Parker come along and it was, you know, a little tighter. You had outgrown our, we had outgrown our living space, right? And so that happens, and it happened right here with the prophets of God. They said, this place that we're at is too small. There's not enough land. There's not enough allotted to us. So we want to go, and we want to get an upgrade. Any of you ever fly in an economy, and you just walk past those people sitting in first class, and you think, man, this is nice. I think it's rude that when we get on a plane, we have to enter the front of a plane and walk past the first class. I think it's also rude that they get to get on the plane before we do, because then they just sit there and look at you smug like some of you are looking at me when I'm sitting there carrying all this, and you're sitting there with a recliner, and you just should have upgraded, right? One of these days, one of these days, Alice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade. I think you just be nice for a change. But listen, the prophets had outgrown their space, and so they're about to get an upgrade. They're like the Jeffersons, moving on up. They were literally able to go and, and get an upgrade and get a better place to live. But watch this. Before they got the better place, before they received the upgrade, they had to do the preparation work. Now, to sit in first class, you got to pay the higher price. You see, some of you want an upgrade, but you're not willing to do the prep work. Listen to me. Leg work happens before the dream will work. Leg work. You have got to prepare. You've got to set the stage. You have got to do the preparation so that you can get that upgrade. Some of you aren't willing to do the sacrifice. You're not willing to pay the higher price for the better place. Well, you're still going to fly coach then. Because until you're willing to pay the higher price, until you're willing to do the sacrifices, when you see in the scripture there, these prophets received an upgrade. He said, go, go to the Jordan. But on their way there, they had to clear the timber. They had to clear the land. They had to do the preparation work to take possession of the promotion. They had to do the preparation to take possession of the promotion. And so they're cutting down trees. One of the prophets has a, has a handle and has an iron axe head on it. And as he's clearing the land, as many of you have done, and as we had to do back here for in preparation of our new family life center, as you're clearing that land, here's what happens. That iron axe head flies off the handle. And he is immediately upset by that because, first of all, what good is an iron axe handle without an iron? What you going to do, beat that tree down? So the first thing that you need to know is the iron axe head is what makes that axe what it is. Without that iron, it is nothing. It's just a handle. So that's the first thing you need to recognize. The second thing you need to re recognize is, watch this, it was borrowed. Now, I don't like borrowing stuff from people. Because how many of you know the day you borrow that riding lawnmower, it will quit working and it will be your fault for the rest of the time? <laughs> when you and I have to borrow stuff, we generally want to give it back better than when we found it. 
We don't want there to be any evidence that we used it and messed it up. And listen, things happen, right? You, you borrow the ride mower or you borrow something, and it does break down that week. And it wasn't because you were careless. It wasn't because you were irresponsible. It was just because your friend had a bad mower. Amen? So, <laughs> not that I'm speaking from personal experience on that, but at any rate, things happen. But this servant, this prophet of God is very concerned because he borrowed that. And iron is a precious commodity in ancient Israel. Iron is precious today. Iron was even more precious back then. So he realizes the value of this. He recognizes it doesn't belong to me. I, I'm due to give it back. I, I borrowed that from someone, and, and, and I have to give it back. And so he cries out to the head of the prophets, Elisha, who, by the way, had, had the mantle of Elijah passed down to him, so he's now over the prophets. And he says, Master, Master, it was borrowed. Meaning, I got to get that back. Now look at the words of the prophet when he explains to him that it was borrowed, that it fell. The man of God asked, Where did it fall? Now don't you just love when you're looking for something and some little smarty comes along and says, Where'd you see it last? <laughs> Really? Really? But here's what I want you to realize. Do you know that in the times that I've been asked that question, it actually reminded me of where I had seen it last instead of second to the last where I was looking. And even though at times it seems like a silly question, well, where did you see it last? The prophet knew where that fell. I need to know. Because the prophet had a plan. How many of you know that even when things fall, God has a plan? Come on, somebody. He knew. He said, show me where it fell. Now, I want you to picture this. The Jordan River is a fast-moving body of water. Any of the, those of you that have gone to Israel with us or been to Israel and been baptized, you know that it's a moving. It's a river. Okay, everybody understand? It's a river. It's moving. Iron being very heavy, though, when it, when it landed in the water, because of how heavy it is, it sinks. Now here's, so there's a bunch of miracles that happen in this. But I think sometimes, because you just read the Bible so fast, you're not aware of all the miracles in this one passage. Are you ready? Okay, so here's what happens. He says, where did it fall? Where did it fall? And so when he asked that, again, it may seem like a silly question, but when he asked that, it says, when he showed him the place, the man of God, that's Elisha, Cut a stick. What is a stick? A piece of wood. Now what happens when you throw a piece of wood, specifically a stick, into water? It floats. Now if it floats, and this is not in a stagnant pond, but in a river, what happens to that stick? Stick will bite back. It's a moving river. Watch this. Like a lot of people just think that the, the iron floating is, is, is a miracle. That, that's a miracle, but there's so many miracles right here in this one little passage. So when he showed him the place, the man of God cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Now, Brother Chad, come on. This ain't ivory soap. Iron don't float. Heavy, heavy. Think about how heavy that iron is. And yet the stick a piece of wood thrown into the Jordan causes 
thy iron to rise. But listen to what I'm about to tell you. The best part of the story is when Elisha says to the son of the prophet, he says, pick it up. Pick it up. Because listen to what I'm about to tell you. If all that had happened that day was the iron sunk to the bottom, the wood is thrown in through a miracle, the iron floats. But the man who lost the iron access was not willing to get into the Jordan and grab it. Then the story would have ended with an iron access floating at the Jordan River. And that's where the story ends for many of you. There's a miracle right in front of you. There's an answer to prayer right in your face. And this is what God says to you. Go get it. And you say, But I don't want to get my hair wet. <laughs> God says, Go get it. You say, But it sure is hot outside. Go get it. It's right there. It's within your grasp. And you are commanded by God. Don't just look at the miracle. Don't just see the miracle. You have to take possession. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes your blessing, your answer to prayer, your miracle is right there. But you won't take it. You won't receive it. And so it's just a floating iron asset where everybody goes, whoa, that's neat. No, get in the water. Get in the water and grab it. Take possession of the miracle. Claim it as yours. Look at what he did. So he reached out and took it. The miracles that happened that day, first of all, that they were able to have an upgrade, but they had to do the preparation first. They had to do the legwork to make the dream work. The fact that they're clearing the land and in the middle of doing something, it can happen to all of us, doing something good, something bad can happen. Do you know what some people would have done right then? <gasps> We're not supposed to have this land. That is a sign. <laughs> some of you negative nannies would have said, Oh, God's trying to get my attention. I didn't know he's going to have to work. That's a four-letter word to some people. He says, he knew who to call upon. He said, Master, which is Elisha, it was borrowed. You don't leave someone else's possession behind. Iron, being so scarce or valuable anyway, even if it, even if it had belonged to him, he probably would not have left it behind. But here's what he did in this instance. He called upon the man of God. I need some assistance over here. I need some help. Some of you are scared sometimes to tell a friend or to tell a preacher or to tell anybody about your struggles because you think, A, they'll judge you, or B, they'll gossip about you. I have learned that a lot of times that's the devil. That is the devil trying to make you an island unto yourself. That is the devil trying to cause you to separate from people 
and isolate yourself. And when we are isolated, we are weak. That man knew to call on the man of God. He says, hey, it was borrowed. I need some help over here. He has to tell Elisha where it fell. He has to go to the source. He has to get to the root of the problem. Here's what I want you to think about. Some of you are dealing with this stuff on the on the periphery, but you're not getting at the root. So when somebody asks you that silly question when you lose something, well, where did you see it last? You have to go back to that place. Some of you need to go back to that trauma. I know it's hard and I know it's it's a struggle. Some of you need to go back to where this all started. Why are you in this situation? What decision did you make that got you here? Go to the root of the problem so that you can address it. Because when he told Elisha, it, it fell right there. Elisha went to the source. If Elisha had cut down a stick and threw it at the wrong place down the river, who knows? But he went to the source. And this is what crazy would say something that was lost would cause something that was sunk to rise. Does that give you chill yeah. It does, man. Wood. Wood thrown into the Jordan caused something that was sunk to rise. Caused something that was lost to be in this little passage, seven verses of 2 Kings chapter 6, so many little miracles woven into this. Beautiful, beautiful God at work. Many times the miracle is right in front of us to answer the prayers right there. But we got to get into the water. we got to get wet. we got to get our hands dirty. we got to get in and receive it, take possession of it. A wooden cross 2,000 years ago caused you that once were lost, caused you that were sunk in a sea of despair and sin and death, a wooden cross allowed you to rise. A wooden cross allowed you to be saved. A wooden cross made all the difference. Miracles still happen today, by the way. Sometimes when we read a story in the Old Testament, we say, yeah, but Brother Chad, that's, that's, that's Old Testament. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Miracles still happen today. God can cause iron to float. God can save you. God can heal you. God can change your situation. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I'm asking God.